happen. Okay, so let's start. Uh, yeah, so today there is a news called AR Star R, A R K H, a new wearable device is ever. Uh, uh, it's kind of like A R K H. Is uh, according to Forbes dot um, com, and the author, her name is Andrea Z, and she mentioned that the first, the world first consumer ready special computer startup, ARKH, recently secured three point seven million dollars in an extended seed round and acquired ninety five percent of all Lethal's AR augmented reality hardware company assets. So I take a look of Ethos AR augmented reality hardware. It's a very interesting wearable wearable device allows people to control. It's kind of like a ring, but not a ring. It's like um, a small device kind of uh, in between your fingers and your thumb can kind of, you know, touch around, uh, around it and control uh, the 3D object in the space, uh, much smaller than the traditional controller. And if you want to take a look of the device is called Litho, L-I-T-H-O. Yeah, that is a very, uh, very good uh, device. And then ARKH just acquire 95% of that device. And ARKH, the company itself has already an AR ring, uh, but once they integrate, you know, they acquire almost all of the, the, the whole company. Um, so they pretty much can do the, the wearable um, device and uh, they want to create an AR space. Um, and uh, I look up their app, it's pretty much you can place a bunch of 3D object in, uh, in the 3D space inside your phone. So pretty much a little similar of uh, a lot of AR uh, softwares, platforms that we see today. But they, since they acquire Ethos, so they want to you know, start doing something that not only you know, can be seen on the a smartphone or iPad or tablet or uh, you know, like a lot of uh, screen device, but also you can use your um, a small, super small um, you know, controller to control it. Uh, and on top of it, they want to uh, kind of like uh, um, enhance the social uh, perspective of it. So which means that they want to have a social space and create a really good co collaborative or multiplayer or, you know, like uh, make uh, an extra layer, but uh, this platform, they are targeting on more social aspects. So do you have any thoughts or feedback on this news? This news is on Forbes and the title is called AR Startup, ARKH's new wearable device is elevating engagement. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, feel free to share. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now on the, the website. So it looks like a little kind of a, a ring thing that goes around two fingers for interaction. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, my take on it is it seems pretty reasonably priced, I, I guess, uh, $200. Um, and it has some pretty interesting SDKs into um, um, Unity and some of the things that I work with. But 
But I think um, ultimately, I guess there there still has to be kind of a killer app here for it, right? Uh, people still have to kind of buy into the spatial kind of interaction. And um, for it to be popular, I, I believe it uh, it would need to have that uh, that kind of engagement, I suppose. So uh, but it'd be interesting to see where the yeah the, the tech goes from from here. But um, um, but yeah, this is the first time I've I've seen this, so it's. Um, It'll be yeah, I definitely agree with uh, Alan on that. It looks, uh, it it does look quite interesting. Um, my, I, I am a little bit of a critic of AR, uh, just a bit, because uh, you know, like a lot of this stuff, like you know, you could definitely just do it on the phone as well. Um, and but, however, I know that you know. Um, Apple's, you know, creating their own AR glasses. So I can definitely see this uh, coming out and linking up more with um, the glasses that Apple decides to make. And it'll hopefully bring a lot more to the table to AR and open up more possibilities for it. So I, I think it's a good idea. Because right now, I, I mean, all the AR that I usually see is just off of a tablet and a, and a phone. And um, it just, it it's still very, like, um, Snapchatty to me, so um, and that seems to be as far as it's gone. But um, I'm, I think this is kind of cool. Yeah, thank you, Ellen and Stephanie's feedback. And I think yeah, like both of you guys are like uh, yeah, hit the point. And I really like your uh, feedback. And I think yeah, like Stephanie said that I I think this is better for uh you know the the glass AR glass device why because when I saw the, the the trailer it seems like the boy uh you know using phone and tap right and creating a virtual space but he needs to switch the small controller and you know look at the tablet and start doing things on the hand and it doesn't for me it doesn't really intuitive because your hands unless you have three hands right because two of them maybe control control the tablet and another one is doing you know the the smart things on the controller so yeah i think there are still something that needs to be optimized but i think they are trying to you know start from the tablet ar to migrate to more special ar yeah thank you for your feedback and then the second um uh, second news is uh augmented reality true crime so this news is on news at, at Atlas, N-E-W-A-T-L-A-S, New Atlas, New Atlas. Yeah. So if you go to newatlas.com and the name of the post is called Augmented Reality True Cry Tool Opens a Virtual Window to the Past. And this uh, post uh, was written by Michael Ivory. So basically, this news is that uh, there's a really interesting true crime location-based augmented reality in uh, Melbourne in Australia. So what this do is that if you visit Melbourne uh, in Australia, if you live close to it, you can download that app. And that app will bring you back to a, uh, 1899 murder at the Spouring Eastern Market, which is located um, in a kind of like a town. So pretty much uh, 
um, it will take you back uh, probably around 100 years ago. And there was a true crime happened in that market. So you can download that app and then because it's location based. So once you find that the real location in Melbourne in Australia, you can see there will be a lot of, you know, like the old uh, crime or, you know, you can see some augmented reality uh, stuff like explain the crime for you. And all you need to do is to investigate what happened for the true crime and then you can solve the problem. So I find that is very interesting. If you go to um, the site, you can see uh, there were two people sitting on the table wearing like a hundred years ago's clothes uh, just right in Melbourne's um, Chinatown. So yeah, so it's kind of like, um, you know, in the real, uh, real time, like in this time, but we can, use AR, this true crime app, and see uh, the, the crime 100 years ago happens to exact the same space uh, in Australia. So I find this is very interesting. So do you have any thoughts, any comments for uh, the, the true crime augmented reality um, app? Feel free to share. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Um, it's funny, I was talking earlier about finding killer app, and I guess so we just did with this one, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but uh, all jokes aside, um, I, I think we talked um, uh, last week about the um, using AR for uh, history, like learning history. So when you go to different locations, you can pull up historical content, and which I think is just fascinating. Um, of course, when the glasses become more um, used and more available, that'll make it even better. But uh, but even just with a handheld device, being able to walk around and see history, or in this case, you know, it's a specific type of history. But uh, but I, I love that because, uh, like like I said before, when you go into a location and they tell you, yeah, this is the location that this event happened, or this is uh, you know something specific about that, you have to kind of in your mind imagine what it looked like and you know and sometimes when you go to the museums it's nice because you get to see the actual clothes that the people wore kind of the environment but uh but to actually go to the location where these things happened no matter what the historical value is and be able to kind of give an idea of what the people were wearing at the time you know what they look like uh, how they might have acted or heard whatnot um i love that my imagination is pretty pretty good but it's just great to have a little crutch there to kind of help you vision, you know, what that meant and the, the value of that location itself. So I think it's great. Totally agree, Alan. <laughs> I I know, like I said, I was I'm a critic, but this this app like just seems really really awesome. I'm a I'm a big fan of um, you know escape type of games and solving mysteries and all that. And um, this is kind of like a treasure hunt too. I don't know about I don't know if you guys know about geocaching, but I, I like geocaching and like finding random things. And um, I think this is great. And you're right, it is perfect for places like museums or I can see, you know, like tour guides, more more tour guides using this type of stuff to, to have even maybe like kids being engaged with um, with the tours instead of being bored all the time. Um, but yeah, I think you said everything, Alan. I, I totally agree with your sentiments. 
Yeah, the the, uh, the thing also too, you're, you're talking about museums that, that I like that the concept is, is that a lot of times in, in museums, you're limited to what you can display, um, both just static wise, usually symbols, sculptures, you know, things like that, but, but the ability to bring stuff to life. So for example, if it was like Leonardo da Vinci device, you know, not only could you virtually place it there, but you could actually have it moving and, and you know, kind of the way that it would actually work. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I'm all for this type, but I think like I mentioned before, the drawback, or I guess the, the problem with this approach is, is again, creating the content. Mm-hmm. Because just because you can place things doesn't mean that, they, that I guess the, the location has the resources to build the 3D assets or whatever is required to kind of make that happen. So that's usually the, the stumbling block to a lot of this, uh, you know, these ideas here. But uh, but yeah, it's great otherwise. Oh, I see. So are you saying like, <clears throat> you know, like server-wise or just um, housing yeah. costs? Is that well, a bigger problem? Yeah, for like it? for example, here in this case, I'm assuming, you know, somebody had to go through and, and create the content, the 3D models that would be placed in those Things, or you know, if you're going to have to create the art that's going to be put up, you know, in, in the background or whatever it happens to be, that's usually the part that takes the longest is trying to create the content. Um, you know, I mean, the apps are most of the time out there, and the idea is there, the technology is there, but you know, you really have to kind of create those things that that go in those spots, and that sometimes, you know, becomes the harder part. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you, uh, Ellen and Stephanie's uh, feedback. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I really like this topic, true crime as well. And uh, I think, um, you know, Mingo with the reality, if we can find, um, if we are in the certain location and we want to see, you know, like last week, we mentioned about time capsule, right? If we can do some time capsules things, um, um, this reality and it's the interesting thing is that the location is the same it's just the time different but by doing AR we can pretty much put the past over there on top of the reality so we are enhancing our reality by you know by augmented on top of it so I think true crime this is another good examples of how to apply um, augmented reality into a really fun game and meaningful game. Uh, okay, so the third news. Oh, Stephanie, do you want to share anything? Oh, no, I was just saying, I was just with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, okay, so the third news is uh, virtual reality wraps our sense of time. So this news is on technologynetworks.com. And uh, uh, it was the original story from UC Santa Cruz. So, yeah, so. Um, uh, what this news says is that um, um, the psychologist uh, research at uh, UC Santa Cruz, they find out that playing games in virtual reality creates an effect called time compression, where time goes by faster than you think. So pretty much they, um, they recruit 41 US Santa, uh, UC Santa Cruz undergraduate students to taste the game and they find out that um, like they they have control group which the students play uh, the, the traditional game on the monitor and they have another um, uh, students 
another parts of students, they play the same game, but in virtual reality. And they find out that uh, it took average of 72.6 seconds longer uh, before they feeling that five minutes had passed. Yeah, so which means that those two groups of students, um, they need to tell, like they don't have any clock, but they need to mark five minutes once they feel like, oh, it's five minutes. So they find out that uh, the, the students who play uh, games feels much longer time for the five minutes, which means that uh, the time has been compressed. So yeah, so uh, it, it will kind of like, uh, it, it makes people start thinking about play more immersive video games in VR. Well, uh, kind of make us to, you know, compress the time and our perception of the time will be much more, you know, for example, like if I play 30 minutes in VR, but actually in my heart, I thought it's like 15 minutes, right? So um, it, it will kind of change our perception of times. And during this post, it says that uh, the bad influence, for example, if someone put uh, casino games inside VR space, people might actually play much longer, right? Because um, um, they think, oh, it's probably just an hour, but the actual time pass is 42 hours. So they will definitely, it might not be good for people to spend so much time playing casino games because they might lose a lot of money. And another way of saying it is that in virtual reality, when you look down, you might see nothing where your body normally would be, or you might see a, you know, a, a fake body, but it won't feel like your own body. So there are theories that we may rely on our heartbeat and other bodily rhythms to help us to help our brain train, track the passage of time. So if you have a less vivid sense of your body in virtual reality, you might be missing the pulse of the timekeeping mechanism. So what do you think? Any feedback for the news? Yeah, this, uh, this is it's really interesting because um, I, I've not really followed VR too much over my uh, AR career, uh, but I, I recently got into it uh, a couple of months ago. And, um, and what I found interesting is, is, um, is the psychology of VR. Um, and, and that is that once you, like with AR, you have a good uh, perception of your surroundings. You're just kind of filling it with uh, virtual content. But with VR, you kind of, for the most part, lose track of everything else in the world. Um, so I think psychologically speaking, that, that does have a major effect on not only the psychology of what you're doing, but yeah, your perception of time as well. Uh, because you, you you probably, I, I guess with your body, you're probably judging time based off a lot of different factors, like what you see, what you hear, you know, some of your different senses. But because in a virtual environment, you're kind of losing track of some of that stuff as being enhanced with virtual information. Uh, and I think that does uh, affect your ability to kind of pay attention to time. Now, the, the bad news is that, yeah, you could potentially play more games or, you know, get more involved in some of those things. The good news is for marketers, maybe you spend more time on their sites or their content. Uh, but, but I think, uh, honestly, for me, the, the value there is more on the, the psychology side of things. Uh, being able to treat people with, um, you know, psychological conditions 
Um, like, for example, if you have a phobia, being able to go through and learn how to control your phobias by having, like, certain virtual content that, you know, addresses that stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think there's a huge uh, opportunity there for, um, for that part of it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I've been told just now I hadn't really thought about the, the idea of time being uh, changed at all. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's um, very interesting too because um, I, I I have a VR headset as well, and I I played games where I was like, okay, I'm gonna just play it for an hour, and then I'm in it for an hour and a half, um, and and I do get surprised when I when I take it off, uh, take the headset off, because I um, yeah, I, I guess that's what they're saying is um, pretty true. You just get just really immersed in it, especially with because I like to play like Beat Saber and like a lot of rhythm games that um, don't necessarily have like um, time that you have to keep track of. You just you just keep playing, um, so you're not really aware unless you pull up the clock, <laughs> um, the menu on the menu. Um, so yeah, I, I, th I think it's interesting, but I, I don't really have much much to add to it. I just. Um, I remember going to, I think it was like AR VR convention in LA where like one of the speakers um, said that their goal was to get people to be um, ad addicted, I guess. I don't know if he used that word, but basically he compared, he, he mentioned a game that um, people would like take breaks and just play it and like spend tons of money on. And that's what he wanted like people who play VR to do. And, um, you know, obviously I could see the, the reasons for it. And then of course the bad sides of it where you, you're just pretty much in your headset all day. So yeah. And I'm looking at the article right now too. And it says that, um, research on game addiction shows that losing track of time during gameplay can negatively affect a player's sleep cycle and mood and could be more pronounced in virtual reality. So that's um, that's going to be interesting to see because, yeah, when I, I play video games, I, I, I do have an addictive personality when it comes to games. So, yeah, I'd, um, it'll be interesting to see, like, um, what happens uh, as we go further with this. Yeah, thank you for um, Stephanie Ellen's feedback, and uh, yeah, I think totally I I agree with you guys that yeah, like playing VR games sometimes I will lose uh, the time, the sense of time. For example, I play um, a Star Wars game, VR game in 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 the living room, and I thought like oh, just thirty minutes, but it's kind of like an hour or you know like much longer than I thought. So it's very interesting to see you know parallel or like metaverse is happening. Like when your brain is inside other space, time and space uh, world and your body actually inside this physical world. And we, our, our sense of time is very interesting to see that how we perceive time and without our physical body, maybe our sense of time will change without the, the, the body. So it's very interesting to see uh, the research and uh, yeah, um, I think, yeah, so yeah, 
So thank you everyone and join me today. And uh, tomorrow we will have some discussion, wonderful discussion. And thank you for uh, Ellen and Stephanie. Yeah, your feedback that those are really good inputs for the news. Thank you so much and hopefully see you tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, take care guys. Yeah, take thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me today and uh, hopefully see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.